This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome back to the channel. Hope you're all keeping safe and well. Another edition of Spurs Chat. In this episode, I'll be discussing today's game, today's win against Leicester City at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, winning 3-1 with a Hunmin Son brace and a Harry Kane header. Um, I've got three very special guests on, but before I introduce them, if you're watching this on YouTube, please do hit that subscribe button and also hit that like button. If you're listening to this on an audio platform, do hit that follow button and leave a review if you can. Um... Now, Antonio Conte described today's win as a vital three points. Hunmin Son has now scored a career-high 19 goals in the Premier League this season. Only Liverpool's Mo Salah has netted more with 22. Now, let's introduce the three very special guests. We've got returning guest, actor Ricky Norwood and good friend. Ricky, how are you? Buzzing, my friend. Buzzing. Great to be back on track. Mate. Big three points, big performance. Love the fight today. So, uh, yeah, I'm buzzing. It's great to have a good win to chat about. We've also got former Tottenham Hotspur defender Ramon Vega back with us. 64 Premier League appearances for Spurs, seven goals, nine FA Cup appearances, 11 League Cup appearances, one goal. And, of course, League Cup winner in 1999. Ramon, how are you doing? Very much good. The best today. I think I'm very happy what's happening today with Spurs, finally. But there's still a long way to go. And for the very first time, uh, welcome Daniel Wynn, Spurs commentator in his 21st season as Tottenham Hotspur uh, Football Club and trustee of the Tribute Trust. Daniel, welcome to the channel. How are you? Thank you. It's good to be here. Thanks for asking me on. And yeah, obviously, like everyone else, in a good mood tonight. So, up for it. Daniel, before, before we talk about today's game, um, yeah. tell us 
about the last 21 years of being involved um, in, you know, at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club as a commentator? Well, 21 years ago, I didn't have a grey hair on my head for a start. But um, <laughs> uh, no, so I, I've, I've been a season ticket holder since I was five years old. I still keep that going because one day it's going to end. But um, so for, I think, 18 years, I was the voice of Spurs TV, home and away. So I loved that. Um, had a great time covering that. And then when that stopped, I moved over to the commentary that I do now, which is for visually impaired fans inside the ground. They want to come. They want to enjoy the atmosphere of being at a football ground like we all do. We all love it. They just can't see. So we're there to paint the pictures for them and uh, bring it to life. And yeah, that's what we do. So I suppose one of the few clubs to do that. So it's, it's great they do it. And also, Daniel, tell us about the, uh, the Tribute Trust and how people can get involved with that. Thank you. Yeah, so um, I'm a trustee of the Tottenham Tribute Trust. It's a registered charity that was set up in 2002 between the club and the members of the Supporters Trust at the time. And it helps former players that are in financial difficulties or different levels of distress later in life. So, Ramon, as you get older, just keep a note, right? So, um, and (laughs) we're there to help. We're there to help, right? So, you know, jokes aside, you, you know, a, um, a load of players from the 60s, the 70s, even some from the early 80s didn't earn the type of money the, the current crop of players do. And as they get older, there's a certain element of difficulties that they face. And being part of the Spurs family, we're there to help. We work very closely with the club, obviously. They help us out with different charitable items that um, we can auction and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's really rewarding to help some of our heroes from yesteryear. It's fantastic. Really proud of that. Daniel, can you tell us about any uh, former players that the the Trust have helped so far, or is that all a bit hush-hush? Some like to keep their pride and remain um, sort of anonymous. Um, We have helped people like Alan Mullery. Um, He's gone public with that. Um, We've helped people like Les Allen, who was one of the first uh, beneficiaries. Um, So, yeah, a number from that uh, generation. So, um, Fantastic. Well, let's talk about today's game. Tottenham Hotspur 3. Uh, Ricky, let's come to you. What did you think of the game? Oh, bro. Um, you know, it was a great response today. You, you, it was great to see them fight today. Um, you know, it looked like they was hunting in packs. Um, it looked like they was very determined to get those three points. Yes, Leicester had a change side, a weakened side. Um, but, you know, we've still got to do the job. Uh, that's in front of us and you know they were very organized they were very compact um they had a game plan but i'm just so happy that we executed our our game plan and um the goals today were fantastic i can't believe we scored from a corner come on (laughs) i mean it's about bloody well time Um, it looks like uh, history you know i'm the only one that's actually scoring at goals you know this is it this is it so you know the goals were fantastic the uh the performances were really really good we could have got a couple more it's the only shame i think today is that we conceded right at the end there it would have been nice to keep that clean sheet just so that we could uh, you know uh, top up our goal difference um for this top four race um but yeah bro really enjoyed it today really enjoyed it Ramon, what did you think of today's game? Because, of course, going into this game, uh, the last couple of results haven't been uh, very good for Spurs. We, you know, it, it's taken us 212 minutes to have a shot on target. What did you make of it? Well, I think it was uh, a performance uh, to be happy, let's call it that. As you say, we didn't come back from a from very bad performance of the last few games, you know, Brighton, then we got Burnley. You know, we got games we were supposed to win, you know, 
as a Spurs team, you know. When you win Man City twice in a season, you should beat Burnley and, and Brighton, you know, especially in the phase where you are now in, the last phase of the season where it's very important for the top four, you know. These are valuable points we lost, you know. Now we are in a very de-stressed situation to be going to the top four and pretty much either you have to win all of them or you're relying on other teams to, to fail. You know, and that's not a very good position to be, you know. Um, yes, I'm very happy with the performance today. I think the song was unbelievable. As I always say, Chris, it's my, my player at the club, the most loyal, I would say, player at Spurs. No, nobody really talks about him at that level, but he should be actually respected much more. Uh, he's one of the best players in the world, without a, without a doubt. The goal today was just unbelievable, to be honest with you. But again, I think uh, the performance today, it's, it's yes, great. Well, what, what's tomorrow? What's next next game again, you know? Is it like the last two? But that's a little bit what, what Spurs has been going this season. It is up and down and not really consistency in place, you know? Many times I told you, Chris, the key part of the season is consistency, you know, or we're not having these, you know. One day it's brilliant, the next game, absolutely disaster, and that's hopefully in the future should be a little bit uh, different. But let's, let's, let's keep it positive today. It was a great game. It was a great three points, and we're still in the run for the top four. Daniel, what do you, mean, what do you make of it today? It's funny because I see it slightly differently working and commentating. I've got to be a little bit more impartial because I see it from both sides. I thought we started yeah. first 10, 15 minutes, all guns blazing. We really came at them from the word go. Although Kane and Son, the first 15 minutes, weren't at the races. Kane couldn't bring it under control. His passes were going astray, but he got back into it. All of a sudden, it just clicked. Same with Son. I mean, his second goal, sublime. It's got to be one of the contenders for goal of the season. Um, Come on. Absolutely. Ricky mentioned corners. We don't score from corners. Interestingly, Leicester have conceded 18 goals now in the league from corners this season. That's more than any what sorry, from set pieces. More than any other club. So, you know, wow. we're always likely to trouble them, you know, with our big players. And no one's mentioned Romero yet. I mean, what a game he had again. Woo! That tackle for that second goal, I mean, that was yeah. seriously brought me to my feet. Brilliant. I mean, Ramon is an excellent half. You'll recognise that better than anyone. What a challenge. Absolutely, absolutely. I think Romero is fantastic. Added value to 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 the club, without a doubt. He's yeah. a proper centre half. He is. He's not shy whatsoever. Going to the tackles, he's composed with the ball as well. Extremely well. He comes out of the defence, super confident. Where, and that's where he starts. You start from the back. You know, if you have a confident centre half, really kind of supplies the ball within the midfield players, and that gives it really confidence, kind of. Uh, way of going forward, you know, and uh, very happy to have such a centre half at Spurs, you know. But again, uh, it's not the team we need to defend as a unit when we still concede the day again, and that should be more clean sheet, especially when the forwards and the, and the midfield players played so well today. I think the centre halves, or either defence, should be actually going for a clean sheet to give him more security uh, going forward and more confidence. But anyway, anyway but Romero is. Top, no question mark. Absolutely. Absolutely. Da Daniel, let's come back to you. Um, did you expect today's performance and win, um, you know, with the result, particularly after, you know, we, we had failed to score a goal in the last couple of games, you know, Brighton at home losing 1-0, last week's disappointing 0-0 away draw at Brentford. Did you expect today? I did. I did expect to win today. Leicester aren't a side like Brentford, like Brighton that closes down, that pack out the midfield. Teams that come at us, 
and attack us, we will do well against them. You know, we did a double over Man City. No one else is going to do that this season. They're an attacking side. Interesting uh, prospect next weekend as well. Liverpool like to play that game as well. Without name dropping, I had a conversation with Peter Drury last week, and he's convinced we're going to beat them. He's absolutely convinced. Because wow. that, their, their style of play suits ours. So if we can mm. take the game to them, you never know. Ricky, let's come to you. Now, Antonio Conte made one change today. Kulashevsky uh, was on the bench. Lucas Mora came in. So the full start in 11. Hugo Lloris in goal. The back three of Dyer, Romero and Davis. Wing back, Cessnion, Emerson, Royale. In midfield, Benton Kerr and Hoybier. And the forward three of Mora, Son and Kane. Were you surprised by that change today? I was, actually, when I saw it. I was. Um, I would have thought that if he was going to make that, that type of change, that he would have maybe put Kulu to right wing back and then brought and, and started Bergwin to tell you the truth. I thought, you know, like, you know, Bergie's needed a, more minutes under his belt and especially where he's been in goal scoring form and he troubled Leicester in the last game, you know. So I would have thought that that would have been the change today, especially with their kind of change side. But um, to see Lucas in there and, you know, Lucas will always give us everything. But looking at his body language today, I don't know whether he's, upset that he's he's been displaced in the in, in the first 11 or whether he's thinking about his future you know and maybe he's already got a move in his mind or <clears throat> maybe you know somebody said that you know, next next year you know we're going to look to put you on a transfer list i'm not sure but there's definitely something in his body language that that wasn't the usual um lucas um so yeah i was surprised to see that i felt that uh um, Emerson and 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 Cess, um had a better game today, definitely. Um, I, I, I think that Cess, you know, he he done a couple of short passes. He he was he was playing it safe for a lot of the time, but once he warmed up, he started to push forward a lot more. I liked the first time crossing as well. So uh, fingers crossed that that's a that's a great platform for him to build on. Um, I thought Emerson Emerson done well, but I know we were talking about Romero there, and you know, for me, Romero was man of the match for me today, not just for that, that challenge that set up the second goal. But for when Davies made the mistake and he was there to clean up, do you know what I mean? He was there to put in that challenge. And sometimes those challenges are an own, own goal. You know, sometimes those challenges go into our own net, but he made sure to get rid of it, you know? So I thought he was fantastic today. I know Sonny scored, you know, two lovely goals, but he, I, I felt he was definitely man of the match today. But yes, I was a bit surprised to see Lucas starting. And it's a shame that he didn't really take the opportunity, you know, uh, to, to put put his kind of name back in the hat for a start in place, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah the game totally changed when Kulu came on. So, yeah, man, it's, it's unfortunate for Lucas uh, today, but um, it's just showing you that, he, that Conte's making the right decisions in starting Kulusevski up, up in that right uh, wing spot. Ramon, were you surprised that Lucas Moura got the nod today ahead of Kulusevski? Uh, not really, to be honest with you. Um, I think Contes uh, won't go Kulusevski anywhere in the, uh, in the January market with um, with Venkatsu uh, together. So he's one of his players he wants to integrate. I think Conte was surprised that he integrated so fast immediately within the team. I didn't thought if he thought maybe within a month or so potentially he starts to integrate it but I think he hit straight away in from the beginning started to score uh, had positive runs a lot of assists as well and that's what Conte wants, he wants positive uh, uh, contribution within the game you know and 
And if, if players bring that to him, these are the world's first choice. So I'm not really surprised. In the end of the day, I think Lucas, without a doubt, he is a top player. He's done unbelievable things for, for Spurs. No doubt whatsoever. Um, he has the heart and soul for Spurs. Every time he either comes in or he starts, he's one player always to count on. So I think that quality as, as a manager, it's a valuable way to have because it's not a moan who sits there on the bench and, and puts his head down because he doesn't play. He knows his plays when, when he has to come into it. And I think Conte wants to play. They are a team, they're a unit, and play as a team, not as an individual player. And I think Lucas is one of them. Uh, so... It might be the next game that suddenly Lucas is the first choice because from the mentality point of view, from the experience point of view, Lucas brings into it. And this is something Conte has a good choice to have. Daniel, do you know any information why Lucas Moore have started this game ahead of Kuliszewski today? I don't, to be honest. I mean, just reading between the lines, there was a couple of performances in the last couple of weeks where he didn't quite reach a stand as he did in the previous weeks. He's a victim of his own success to that extent. But um, listen, it also gives Lucas Moura minutes on the field. You need consistency. You need a, a, a spell in the first team. And Kulazewski came on. He was an impact sub, two assists. He did his job. And it's a team job, especially at this time of the season. So, you know, you're in it together. And um, interesting, Lucas Moura's next game, by the way, will be his 200th for us. So that wow. will probably happen, probably happen on Saturday. Now, let's have a look at the Premier League table. Um because Tottenham Hotspur remain fifth. There is now four games to go. We have won 19, drawn four, lost 11. We've got 61 points, two points behind our North London rivals, Arsenal. Um, Ricky, you come on this channel a lot, and I ask the same question on every single show. Um, top four, are you confident? Oh, mate. It, I mean, I don't, I don't think I've been confident the whole time. I've flipped and flopped. Come on, like Ricky. You, I not, know, I know. You've, got, I you, know you, you've been calling you Ricky Champagne. Come, come know, on, mate. I know. You can't be it, called it, Ricky it, Champagne if you're not positive. Top four. Come on, get that Champagne out there. It's confident. Hold, hold it's on, hold on. Ramon, Ramon, the last time you were on this show and I said, can Tottenham finish in the top four, all you gave me was just bursts of laughter. That's all you gave me. You well, I'm still laughing. Mate, Chris, I'm still laughing. Ricky, how you feeling? I'm still laughing about it. Listen, I, there's no doubt. I'll tell you what. If with luck we go to the four, I'll tell you we have to go to church every Sunday to pray. I'm not joking. Uh, it is not a straightforward. And Brentford and Brighton, these are very valuable points we, we, we completely lost. If we had even a point out of these two, you know, we would be apart with Arsenal today, you know. We are already, like, against the wall. And I think, I think one of the potentially main games to decide the top four, unfortunately, is going to be the North London derby. Yeah. And then in North London derby, you don't care which position you are. Of course, you want to win that game. Simple as that. You know, and, and both teams are going to be super motivated to win that. And now there's where the character is going out of the place. Exactly. These are the games where really Conte wants to see the characters, you know, the spirit, you know. And coming back, if you top four, I'm still laughing. I will laugh more if you go to the top four, but I'm still laughing, mate. You, you so, Ramon. Sorry, go on. Uh, give me an answer. Where will Spurs finish at the end of the season? <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Listen, 
Uh, so Spurs fan, top four, absolutely. I wish, realistically, point of view, I think the way I saw the last few games and this season, I think they're going to miss it on the last game or against Arsenal, unfortunately. But I hope not. So I'm not, they're not going to go into the top four. So you're saying fifth? Yeah. You, you know what it is? It's not that I can say I'm, I'm confident. I have belief. I have belief yeah. that this team, they want it, right? And, and we're seeing yeah. that. And this premiership this year, it, I mean, like every year, really, but it's so unpredictable. There's, 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 you know, Everton won today against Chelsea, right? And nobody would have really called that. So, um, you know, Listen, like... Listen, Ricky, I might be reversed because I've got that shit, you know? I'm doing it purpose. Yeah. Not going yeah. saying the same top four. So they're getting angry and he's like, oh, he's rum on, he's talking, blah, 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 you know? <laughs> I, want, I want that reaction, you know? I really want that reaction. And he goes, now I'm going to show Ramon we're going to top four, you know, and put the finger up. Love it. Anytime. <laughs> I need to do a picture of that finger, mate. I'll tell you what, yeah. <laughs> that's what I want, top four. <sighs> Ricky, you, you mentioned the players want it, right? Get the Ricky Champagne out. <laughs> Ricky, you said the players want it. Be absolutely certain Conti wants it. And yeah, if anybody yeah. can get the best out of that crop of players, it's going to be him. He's a motivator. He's a winner. And whatever's happened, you know, we we mentioned the Burnley game. We mentioned the Wolves game. You can look back, Brighton and Brentford. That's in the past. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All of them. Four games left. We win all four. We're fourth. Yeah. Maybe third the way that Chelsea are going, but that's another story. So it is in our hands still. It's all about confidence. It's about belief. And there's nobody better than Antonio Conte and his entire coaching team to, to instill that belief, instill that confidence. We went to Man City and, we, um, and won. We could do it again next week. I'm, I'm not concerned about the Arsenal game. I think we can win that one. Next week's obviously the tricky one. And yeah. you know, I think we're going to beat Burnley. And I think we're going to beat Norwich. Simple. Daniel, after today's game, Antonio Conte said a vital three points. It was important for us to win today. Nobody could have imagined Spurs would be in the race for the top four when I arrived in November. Are you surprised as a Spurs fan and someone, of course, who works at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, are you surprised that we are in this position? I'm not, because that's why he was brought in. If anybody, you know, we, we look back in our history, at no point in our history have we ever appointed a manager of his calibre at that time. At the yeah. time of his appointment, right? Mourinho was already on his way down. You know, the guy from Arsenal was already on his way down. The guys that had won leagues. Bill Nicholson became Bill Nicholson. Birkinshaw became Bill Nicholson. Conti's a winner. He's there. He's won titles in the last few seasons. He knows what it takes. So, no, I'm absolutely not surprised. Just as a little side comment, his brother, Gianluca, he is the chief analyst. Looks just like him. Sits a couple of seats away from me up on the gantry. Another lunatic. When we score, he's running up and down. It's great value. It's great value. And but they they're all in it together. There's a real sense of camaraderie there. Four mm. games, four games left. Anything can anything's possible under that manager. So you're confident then? I'm a Spurs fan. <laughs> it's, the, it's the hope. It's the hope that kills us. Next question, Daniel. Daniel, I only feel sorry for you, mate. Spurs fan. <laughs> <laughs> told you, grey hair, that's no, why. No, the only one thing I have to appreciate that you're doing for ex-players, or as you say, that charity, and you're right, and, and I thank you for that, because there's not many people know that the post-career 
especially not just post-career when you're finished now. We're talking 20, 30 years ago. Well, as you say, the money wasn't that level we're talking today, you know, and I yeah. think appreciate very much people like yourself and other ones who really look after these players. Because these players gave in those days some very happy uh, moments and memories, you know, and they've just been forgotten mm. for whatever reason. They are in a situation where uh, they can't help themselves to do things. That's why they need help and support and people like yourself. And I, I have to say, thank you very much for that, that you do oh. that for these people. And if you need any help on my side, I'm more than welcome to helping out. That's brilliant. It's really good to know. We'll, we'll definitely take you up on that. Thank you. He, he's got a pair of pony shorts that he can put out for auction yeah. if you want. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky, I've got a pony. <laughs> many ponies in my, in my family area, you know? I think you're going to need to explain that a little bit for, for people who, who haven't listened to previous shows. Ramon... Don't worry, mate. I understand that. I don't need translation, mate. Don't worry about that, mate. No, no. Translate. The go for you, that. You didn't like the pony shirts back in the day, did you? <laughs> oh, my God, mate. I'll tell you what, mate. You fought pony, you looked pony, and you played like pony. <laughs> right, Ricky, let's come back to you. Um, let's go um, through the game, um, the, the key yeah. moments. In the 14th minute, real chance for Leicester. Uh, Dakar hitting the post, um, beating Larice after a good Leicester City move. A couple of minutes later, a good ball into Tottenham's box. Uh, Christian Romero cleared. Now, we, we've spoken a little bit about Christian Romero, but how good is this guy? He's next level. He is literally next level. He's, he's exactly what we've been, we've been looking for for a long time. Not only does he have class and composure, but he has that aggression as well. And, you know, uh, there, was that, there was those games where he was getting silly yellow cards. And there was, an, you know, there, was a, there was a point where he could have been, you know, if he got another one, he, he would have missed a couple of games and the important ones as well. I mean, I know they're all important, but you know what I mean? And, um, you know, Conte's had a word with him and you've seen in, in in performances after that, he kept the aggression, but like he just cut out the, the, the yellow cards, which I'm like, you know, what more can you ask of this guy? Not only does he defend, he can be the last man in the box defending and clearing things off the line, but then he progresses the ball up the field. Then he becomes a right winger, a bit of a midfielder, you know, a number 10 at times, just to confuse the opposition. And, you know, the, the, the guy is class. I'm, I'm just so happy he's at Tottenham. I can't wait until we sign the papers and make it official. It goes from a loan to a permanent signing. Can't yep. wait for that to happen. And I can't wait for us to build a side around him. Do you know what I mean? Because he is definitely the man that is... That is that is setting that place on fire right now. He's definitely the platform in which the the, the forward players can go and express themselves, you know, freely. So um, I mean, we've seen that the with and without him. When he had that long uh, injury, he was out for a month or two. You know, you could see, and we brought in Davison Sanchez. Davison Sanchez had a couple of good games, but with Romero in the side, we are a totally different unit at the back and as a team. Ramon, I want to come to you talking about the, uh, the same subject, Christian Romero, because, of course, um, you know, you came to Spurs uh, from a foreign club. How easy is it to adapt to the Premier League? Because he seems to have taken to the Premier League like, like a duck to water. Well, listen, it depends on terms of your teammates around you and the club, how they're taking you on, you know, from fir the first minute, you know. Uh, that's very, very important because psychological point of view, you're going to a foreign country, even you guys going to holidays and everything, it's already the... It's a different environment, different culture, different way of attitude. People are either day-to-day -day living standards as well or 
or dealings, you know, it's important that the, the, the teammates or, or the club really integrates as quick as possible and make him feel welcome. That's the most important part, you know. Uh, and I, if it looks like at this time the, he's been integrated extremely well. I think the teammates really integrated him well. He feels welcome. He feels loved. And I think that's very important for any player. Hence, obviously, this performance he's been now playing for Spurs. He's, as I say, it's definitely very valuable centre half. It's one they needed for, for for the club for for a long time, you know. And it's one to start with on the rebuild as well, because around him, uh, 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 to build around him that kind of consistency defending point of view, that's the part we need to improve massively, you know. Having him as a leader in there, he will be extremely good. So, yeah. From 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 coming from a foreign place, it's not easy to start with, not at all, and especially coming to England in the same time. If you don't speak that language, on top of that, makes it even more difficult, you know, because you're relying on somebody else translating what is what the team says, what their uh, the surrounding uh, are talking to you, and adapt in terms of the living standards you've been living. And you've been living in Italy, where I came from Italy, and at the same time, uh, Spurs as well. I was in Sardinia, beautiful island. Obviously, it's a holiday island in the same time, you know, uh, coming to London and it was freezing cold, minus three degrees and snowy, you know. So can you imagine, you know? Um, so, yeah, it, it's not easy. But again, it depends from player to player, their attitude, how they're being welcoming from the club and the players. Uh, and that's the key part to integrate into the club. Daniel, let's come to you. In the 22nd minute, of course, Tottenham Hotspur went 1-0 up. Hunmin Song corner, Harry Kane header. Now, going into this game, as I said earlier, 212 minutes without a shot on target. So at this point in the 22nd minute, 234 minutes of Premier League football without a shot on target. It's hard to think, isn't it, when uh, we can produce a goal like that? Absolutely. And the backdrop to that is no club in Premier League history since Opta started their stats have gone three games without a shot on target. So, you know, we're on the cusp of that. Um, but it, it was that combination again, the Sonny corner, Kane in the right place at the right time, who, to be blunt, had a stinker prior to that. That was the first positive contribution that he made. Right place, right time, good header. You can't leave him unmarked like they did, six yards out. He's going to find the net. But, you know, we did what we had to do. And that gave everybody a lift, lifted the pressure, released the pressure a little bit. And that made them play a bit. And from then on, Spurs never looked troubled. Mm. Daniel, what is it about Harry Kane scoring goals against Leicester? Because he just seems to score against them every single time, doesn't he? He does. I think that was his 19th in, what, 16 or 17 games against them. Plus, he was there on loan as well. Everybody has a, has a club like that, right? I mean, I'm still trying to find mine. But, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes it just works. And it's just one of those anomalies when it comes to stats that a player will score against certain teams. And certain teams will beat other teams. Like, we went all those years without beating Chelsea. We have better yeah. teams than them at some points. It's just one of those things. Hmm. Ricky, let's come to you. In the 33rd minute, a dreadful back pass from Leicester uh, hmm. to Schmeichel. Kane latches onto it. Schmeichel made a great save. Um, a chance, really, that you would have expected him to, to bury. Yeah, of course, of course. But, again, he buried the one that we needed, which was the one before. Do you know what I mean? So... It didn't. Uh, he didn't drop his head like he never does, Harry. He he picked himself back up and he he, he carried on. Do you know what I mean? And that's what I like about the team right now. Um, when they're in full flow, 
and when they're fighting and when they're together, it's a beautiful thing to watch. I, I love Tottenham when we're together like that, you know. So, um, all right, yes, he, he could have, he should have scored. But how many times has Harry scored for us in, in, in the moments that we've needed him to or provided a goal, provided an assist, you know, or provided the difference that we need? So, as long as he can, um, you know, make up for it against Liverpool uh, or, or against the Gooners, I'll be a happy guy. Ramon in the 36th minute, long shot from in, in a Nacho. 38th minute, good skill from Perez to Dakar, cleared. Um, what did you make of Leicester in that first half? Um, I think they're, they're being pressed by Spurs. Spurs really kind of played extremely well and pressed uh, um, quite high and put them in a difficult situation and, 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 and kind of way of uh, uh, the way uh, Leicester then weakness at their situation, you know. So I think Spurs, is, I think thanks to Spurs in terms of how they pushed, how they, they, they pushed forward, they, that's why I, I was Leicester... Field, I felt that were underperforming in the first half. It's not because Leicester was weak, it's because Spurs re- was very good in terms of uh, performing going forward. Daniel, let's come to you. In the 55th minute, um, Lucas Mora went off, Kuliszewski came on. Uh, just five minutes later, Hunmin Son made it 2 0. Kuliszewski, uh, you know, great work from him. Romero with the challenges that you said earlier. Um, what have you made of Christian Romero this season? And, of course, Dijan Kuliszewski um, as well. These two new signings this season have been unbelievable. They've, they've transformed our season, if you like. I think all three signings that we've made this season, including Bentancourt, have been excellent. They've come straight into the team. As Ramon said, it's not easy to come to England and settle down. But I don't want to single out um, Kuliszewski at the expense of Mora because so many times we've seen it in reverse. It was an impact substitution. You needed it. More has come on in the past and changed the game, right? Remember a game at Man City, he came on, he scored after about 30 seconds, didn't he? From a header, from a corner. So, yeah. Kuzevsky, for Mora, it worked. Two assists when he came on. That challenge we waxed lyrical already about, it was utterly superb. And Romero, he was voted last season the best defender in Serie A. You don't win that lightly, right? In a country where they're full of defenders, it's a defensive game. And for him to come to our club, and change our defence. I mean, he's right up there amongst our top defenders of all time. Personally, I think he's a better defender than than Nedley King. I was luckily I was lucky enough to see uh, Richard Goff. Lucky enough to see Ramon Vega. I've got to say that. Um, you know, Joe, he is right up there. He's right up there amongst. If he can if he can keep that on consistently, obviously, you know, to compare him with Nedley now is a little bit um, you know premature, obviously, because Nedley did it for so long. But from what I've seen. As as Ricky said before, he pops up everywhere. He's at the back, he's on the left, he's on the right, he's in the middle. He's centre forward as well. So th- that guy is oozing with class. Daniel, these three new signings, can you remember, uh, you know, in the last, say, 10 years or so, where signings have fitted in so well, so quickly? No, it's difficult. I mean, Ramon, again, he, he'll know this better than anybody. You know, back in the day, you would have maybe one or two new signings that will come in and fit in. In the past, we've had five, sixes and sevens. It's difficult for that to happen. But for for these three to come in, hit the ground running in a foreign country, one's from South America, right? He's he's Uruguayan. You've got obviously Romero as well from South America. You've got Kulachevsky. He's young. He's away from home. He's taken to it like a duck to water. Was it seven or eight assists now? Three goals? In his first, what, 16, 17 games? That's phenomenal. Yeah. Ph- yeah. Two, two assists in, what, 30 minutes today? 
Yeah. Those those are the sort of performances that can win you things. I want to see a full summer under Conte, pre-season, the whole build-up, and then a whole season from the word go. And he can really make his mark on our club. Well, in the 35 minutes that he played, um, Kuliszewski was uh, one of the uh, players shortlisted for the man of the match. Um, Benton, Kerr, Son and Romero. Um, Daniel, who would you give the man of the match award to? Romero. Just, yeah. I mean, without even thinking about it. Oh, Ramon de Sousa. Oh. Oh, where is he? Argument. <laughs> no, well, I agree. Is, I, agree. I go for my son. Not when he talks about that striker, that player, you know, uh, he, he's, I think, without a doubt, top world-class striker, very versatile in many ways. He makes runs, uh, opens channels, even for Harry Kane. That's why also Harry Kane profits in terms of makes goals. But he also makes goals, you know, in the same time. Um, there's no doubt, nobody really talks about a player in the level of the highest. And, and I think it's about time he gets that respect. He's without a question mark, top world-class striker, uh, you know, and, and he's loyal, he's, he's consistency in, in many ways. Uh, and, 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 and from my point of view, he should be man of the match because from the attitude he brings to the club, I think he brings those with attitude that you need to be a unit in the team in the dressing room and not, you know, make it like at the beginning season, separating the players because whatever self-interest uh, you want to do. And I think there's it, it no question mark. For me, he's the Spurs player and he's one of the world-class players we have at Spurs. Lucky we have him. And from my mm. point of view, he should be uh, the man of the match. I've got to agree with Ramon, actually, because uh, I think Hunmin Son, for me, would get man of the match purely for that goal that he scored, the third Tottenham Hotspur goal. Unbelievable. Absolutely sensational. I, I just already, when he whacked with that left foot, they said, goodness me, the confidence when the left foot is doing it, you know, just the left, because, you know, you can right foot, left, but the left foot, that confidence to whack with it over there in the top corner. I was like, wow, you know, and from that recent point of view, you know, I've been watching him for whole season, many seasons now. There's no question marks from consistency point of view. He's been always there and he's a team player. And yeah. now he should be respected as one of the world-class players we have at this club now. No argument there. Yeah. Daniel, let's come to you. Why do you think, and, and don't get me wrong here, I'm glad there's no interest in Hunmin Son, but there never seems to be speculation about teams wanting to sign Hunmin Son. He seems to be very, very happy at Spurs. I absolutely adore the guy. He's my favourite Tottenham Hotspur player at the moment. Now, what is left to say about this combination with, with Hunmin Son and Harry Kane? It's so much more than scoring goals, isn't it? Both of them. It's assists. Harry Kane, I right, forget the last two or three weeks, he was pinging passes like Glenn Hoddle used to do in the 80s, right? He could hit a sixpence from 60 yeah. yards, bring players in without even looking, just instinctively knowing where your partner's going to be. And you can't buy that. That comes from hard work on the training ground. That comes from knowing movements. It knows about tactics. It's all about that. And you know, th those two, as, as, as Ramon said, we are so, so lucky to have them together at the top of their game. And long may that continue. Ricky, would you like to have your say on uh, Hummin Son's goal? Because uh, what I found really funny is uh, Pierre Mihoibier just just stood yeah, like, like this. Yeah. Couldn't, yeah. couldn't believe it. I said in commentary. Yeah. Like... 
No, unbelievable. Sonny, uh, uh, like you, Chris, Sonny is like one of my favourites. Do you know what I mean? He's one of my favourite players. Not only does he does he work for the team, not only has he got skill, not only can he use both feet to shoot and pass, but he plays with a smile on his face and you can see that he loves it at Tottenham. And I think, you know, when you see somebody loving it at Tottenham, that makes you love it. It makes you as a fan love them even more. Do you know what I mean? And love our team even more. And and Sonny is just next level, man. I mean, I would love to know from from Chris what it, what the crowd was like in the stadium at the time that he scored that goal. And I would love to know from Daniel a couple of the words of how yeah. you described that goal to to, to 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 the people that were listening, to the people that were blind and and were listening, and, and how you painted that picture for them. To answer your first question about what was happening at the time when he scored, if you if you watch it back on Match of the Day tonight. After the goal was scored, you see the replays on the big screen, and that's when a lot of the crowds see just how much that ball curled. Schmeichel was only a yard and a half off his line, so he didn't have much to aim at. Um, but in, in commentary, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, you know, from a professional point of view, you know, and I saw past a lot of players, including David Gino, always had that left foot kind of what you know, yeah. whipping over that corner. And these chats absolutely. Unbelievable, you know. Son, not just should get respect, he should be actually nominated the best player we have for a long, long, long time at Spurs. To be honest, with you and I'm telling you that now, he scores. But if Son wasn't in the team, I don't think Harry Kane will, will score half of that uh, he's been doing now so far. Mm-hmm. To be honest, with you because yes, Son is, is opening channels and gives the freedom to Harry Kane as well to score because this is these two are as dangerous. Uh, equally in terms of quality and goal scoring, you know, because Son is the, the really the hard work who really opens the channels, opens the freedom for Harry Kane and assists Harry Kane to score. Mm. But in the same time, also scoring and nearly at the same level, mm. I have not seen for a long, long time a player at that quality in there. And I'm telling you now, and it's nothing against England, if it was an English player, I'd tell you it would be actually way much more race in terms of acceptance or respected because I don't think she's getting the respect he should get. I think he's really well loved at Tottenham. The, you know, the crowd, every time his name is read out, is a huge cheer. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it's definitely a partnership. As you said, they bring out the best in each other. He's so quick. Defenders hate having to defend someone who's running at them at speed like that. One touch and it's a red card, right? So, you know, and the movement, just taking a defender away from Kane, as you said, to allow him to go in on goal. And yeah, it, it's like poetry in motion at times. And um, we keep saying it. We're just so lucky to have them both at the top of their game, both at the same time, both in a white shirt. Daniel, I want to stay with you. Hunmin Son after the game said uh, the work that the players and coaching staff did this week was incredible. Great, great afternoon. Great to score two goals. Harry Kane said, big win that. Good to build some momentum for huge games coming uh, next. Now, when you've got players like Hunmin Son and Harry Kane and, uh, of course, a world-class manager in Antonio Conte, all of them want to win trophies. And, uh, of course, Harry Kane, Hunmin Son have not won anything yet at Spurs. What are you expecting in the next 12 months? I'm expecting the players that are under contract and the manager that's under contract to stay and achieve what they say they want to achieve at our club. It's as simple as that. They owe it to us. You know, people have said in the past, Kane hasn't turned up for... Big games, the semi-finals and the finals. 
Okay, so this is a time that he's got to show that he can do it for us. The club he loves, he's what, 22 goals behind Jimmy Greaves' all-time record. He's got to stay. He's got to beat that. And that's at the club that he loves, the club that's given him that chance, the club that he's grown up at. And, uh, you know, there's a bit of payback there that's true. He's, what, 27, 28, I think, in the summer. And, you know, this, this is the time for him to show he can achieve whatever he wants to achieve at Tottenham under Conte with Son and the rest of them with, um, you know, Romero at the back. And, you know, you've got Kuliszewski now and Bentancur. They are building a side, a side that we can all be proud of. And together, if they all pull together, they can achieve what they want. Money's not an object. You know, OK, so he's getting paid whatever he's getting paid. He may get another 50 grand a week somewhere else. So what? You know, at the end of the day, you know, he, he, he can earn fortunes here. Financially set up for life. All of them are. Stay and achieve it at Tottenham. We're a family club to an extent. So let's do it. Ricky, let's come to you. Now, if Tottenham finished in a Europa League spot rather than a Champions League spot, do you think that that would have um, much difference and much bearing on Antonio Conte in the future? Personally, no. Um, I know a lot. I know we all know he's a serial winner. We've said it many, many a time, and we all know what type of um, performances and what he wants to go for, what he wants to achieve uh, at any club that he's at. So we know that. We know that. And um, if if we was to slip into the Europa League, um, <clears throat> I think that. He would take it on. Um, I think that he would take it on. Uh, of course, we all want to be in the Champions League. We all want to be with the big boys. We all want to yeah. hear that music music at the Tottenham Stadium, you know, and kind of get behind the team and, and, and have a really good summer. We all want that. But um, I don't think it's going to ch- change what Conte's thinking or feeling, to tell you the truth. I think he's still going to... I think they're still going to go out there in the summer and, you know, get players of the same quality as Benton Kerr and, and, and Kulisevsky and Romero. And I think he's going to go in an assault for the league. Now, I know that might sound really unlikely. We know that Man City are playing crazy football. We know that Liverpool are playing crazy football. We know that Haaland is linked with Man City. We know that it's going to be an even harder job next year. But I don't think Conte is kind of scared about that challenge. I think he's already said that the Premier League is one of the, well, if not the best league in the world. Do you know, it's the most competitive league in the world. It's where all the best managers are. It's where all the best players are. So for him to put his CV, his way, his philosophy and build a team, um, you know, that that, that may be seen by others as underdogs you know, or underachievers, you know, and to turn them into a kind of a side that not only challenges, but can win, I, I think that's a, that's a that's a great kind of uh, incentive for him to stay and to and to work with us to to achieve those dreams. He's seen the crowd. He's seen how much we love him. He's seen how much we have faith in him. It's about getting some of that back in the summer, and it's about him showing us what he's really about after a proper preseason and a lot more tools, i.e., players that are Conte players that he can he can then utilize. I think it's really exciting times for us, but. These next four games are going to be vital. Ramon, whether Spurs play Champions League football or Europa League football next season, what do you think Antonio Conte is expecting in the summer? Because the only thing, as a Spurs fan, for me, that that worries me slightly is the fact that he keeps saying, I've got to talk to the club in the summer. Is this about how far he's going to be backed in in order to, to what players will be coming in? Oh, it depends quite a lot. 
he'll be honest. That's why I think he said that in a very careful language uh, that he wants to talk with the club uh, at the end of the season to see the situation, you know. Um, I think in January, after the transfer market, uh, in one stage, uh, I think he was already on the way out by the summit because I think he was not happy with what happens within the January market, where it's a very difficult market anyway in the first place just to get quality players. We're lucky enough to have three of them coming in and really straight, straight away had an impact. Uh, could go the other way, by the way, you know. Uh, but in the same time, he found it difficult in terms of how uh, the club potentially might be run. And he saw suddenly that, oh, I'm not expecting these, or I wasn't expecting these when I joined Spurs or, or signed for Spurs. Um, in the same time, I say, well, you should know that. You should analyse before you're signing for a club. What kind of clubs you're going to sign and what you're going to get into it and what kind of players you're going to have and how much is needed to, to rebuild such a, such, a, such a club. So if you're looking back, we were not talking about the top four. We were still talking about rebuild, rebuild, be patient, be patient. But everybody was saying in the club, be patient, we need to rebuild. Yes, we have to. There's no question mark. They're about five seasons behind in terms of rebuild, you know. But we're talking five seasons, not one season. Five seasons, that's a hell of a lot in terms to invest into it, you know. Uh, other clubs within five seasons, they've spent more than half a billion, let's call it, you know, in, in players. We have not done anything or far away from that. So we we are uh, in terms far away on the rebuild. We are uh, uh, kind of about three years behind. Now, the question mark is, is going to prepare the wait that time and progressive build that team over the period of time. He can't just have signing in the summer because that's not Daniel will happen. He will make construction signings. There are long-term views. Uh, we, with exception of some of the players, could be resolved as well. Because at the end of the day, I don't think Spurs is the end club for many players coming into it. There's a resale value there, like Gareth Bell happened with Modric and all these guys. You know, they're going to the end club. We call it like Real Madrid, the Barcelona. You know, where really you're selling for much more money. So I think Daniel looks kind of at that level with Conte. So he's come to prepare to do something like that. That's the major question mark. Now, I think he leaves the option wide open that in case he doesn't get what he wants, he will leave. Let me... Can I jump in on that, Chris? Go on, Rick, go on. Do you know what, though? I think, you, I think we all have to remember that he's been playing a very clever game with not only Levy, but the board and the press. So he let us into a bit of what he was doing. I think it was after the Bernie game where he spoke about strategy. And I think he's playing poker with the club. So by choosing his language very carefully in the last press conference before this game um, about his future and stuff like that, he did mention fake news. He did mention rumours. Um, but I do think that he's, gone, he's holding these cards close to his chest to make sure that Daniel's view of transfers switches. It changes. It changes. So he's, he's holding him to his word. Instead of it changing last minute in, 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 in the 11th hour, he's like, nah, you know what? Cool. Show me. Do you know, don't talk to me about what you're going to do. Show me what you're going to do. And I, I think he's making sure that he, there's certain things that happen going forward um so i think he's using it as a strategy i don't think he's going to be here for five six seasons 
Um, but I do think that he can build something and I think that he's starting to kind of fall in love with, with Tottenham and the crowd and what's going on. And, you know, Sonny and Kane and Kulusevski and Bentecourt and Romero, these players are, uh, uh, are in there and they're performing and they're loving it under him. Every single player is loving it under him. So much so that we, I mean, we heard um, uh, interviews a little while ago uh, from Doherty talking about, you know, the intensity in training, how much everybody's enjoying it, how much, you know, the, the attitude is changing. Even after the last game that we lost, not Brentford, maybe it was the Brighton game, I can't remember. Yeah, it was the Brighton game that Conte started talking about how the players are going home angry. Do you know what I mean? About the defeat. It's a change in attitude. It's a change in mentality. He's having his influence and it's working. And I think all he's doing right now is using the press as strategy, as poker, to make sure that we change our transfer policy from the top and in all the way down. He's nobody's fault. He would have seen what the club has or hasn't done over the last 10 years or whatever under Daniel Levy in terms of transfer strategy. I'm not here to say it's good or bad. I'm just stating, stating the obvious. And he's seen also that we have improved the calibre of players that we've signed. In the summer, we've brought in um, Romero. We've waxed lyrical about him tonight already. In, in yeah. January, two players that have come in and hit the ground running. You know, we've got a director of football that knows the Italian game, that knows Conte. That's why we were able to bring in Ben Tanker and Kuluchevsky. And, you know, I don't believe for one minute that he's going to be going anywhere in the summer. And I think every manager talks to the chairman in the summer. That's just what they do about what the plans are for next year. Not what his plans are. He's under contract. He was quick to sign it. I think he's going to see it through. And there's an option, I believe, to extend at the end of the 18 months as well. Daniel, Antonio Conte has said a couple of times, even recently, if Spurs finished in the top four, it would be a massive achievement and it would be like winning the Champions League. Yeah. Of course, it would be a huge achievement. We all know. We're all sitting here knowing what a world-class manager that we've got. Um, now, when we look at success and, and, and look at the lack of trophies over you know, the last 20 years or so, do you think that Antonio Conte will get what he wants in the summer and beyond and be successful at Tottenham? He's a successful manager. He's a winner. And that's the type of manager that Daniel has tried to sign over the last sort of two or three managers that have come in. He tried it yeah. with ABB. He thought you know, he was the man. OK, that, did, that didn't work out. But at the time, you know, he, 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 you know, he did things at Chelsea, etc. You know, Mourinho, a winner. OK, it didn't work out again. But that's the type. You're not going to get anybody else like Conte at the top of their game. I said it about 20 minutes ago. So... I think what Antonio Conte wants, they will get. He may not get six or seven of them, but I also think Antonio Conte is happy to play with less players in the squad. Look at what we got rid of in the January transfer window, albeit on loan. And Dombele, Hill, you know, one or two others as well that you know that went out on loan. You know, Deli Ali as well. They've gone because he'd rather not have them around the place. He wants players that play to his way, with his attitude, with his thoughts his winning yep. mentality. He doesn't want the rotten apples. As good as they were, as good as Deli Ali was, we know what Ndombele can do, but he does it one game every 15. He needs that at a consistent level. And he'd rather have yep. less players in the squad and be able to work with all of them than have a bigger mm. you know, a bigger pool to pick from. 
Daniel, well, what I really want to ask you is, as a commentator, yeah. um, when you see players like Ondombele, like you just said there, giving like one performance every five or so, how do you be positive about these Spurs players when they're not performing? You just got to. Okay, so on on Spurs TV compared to, compared to what I do now, it's a club publication that goes to about seventy countries around the world. It's a three hour show every week, as well as the highlights on Twitter and social media and you know you just got to give the positives you can't be too critical and you have to say what we know he can do what we've seen him do for the visually impaired that I do now that's different you just call it as you see it because that's what you're there to do I was asked a question earlier on what I to do when Son got that second goal you know it, it's the things that you know everyone can hear whether you can see or not that this crowd are going mad over a fantastic goal but it was yeah. the Hoiberg hands on his head that's the small things that paints the picture that not everybody saw but we saw it so the, we could tell the blind fans that, you know, that's what happened. And it's those small things like, again, the different colours of the players' boots. We take that for granted. But, you know, it's those details. How many players are wearing gloves? I hate that. Don't get me started on that. But, <laughs> you know, it's the things that we can see that they can't see. So, you know, it's all about describing. It's all about bringing the game to life. And if you have to be critical, you know, I was critical about Kane in the first 15 minutes. His touch was heavy. That doesn't mean he's, a, he's an awful player. He was having a bad start to the game. Then all of a sudden, it just clicked in. You've just got to be honest about it. Ricky, let's come to you. Let's talk about the push for the top four, because, of course, we all hope that Spurs do get over that line and get Champions League football for next season. Liverpool away up next. Then it's the North London derby. Then we've got Burnley at home and Norwich away. Arsenal, who, of course, as I said earlier, are two points, behind, uh, two points above us in the Premier League. They've got Leeds at home next weekend. Then, of course, the North London derby. Then they've, then they've got Newcastle away, Everton at home. When you look at those fixtures, who have the easier fixtures, would you say? Hmm. Oh, I do, do you know what? It's, it's, I, th I don't think there are any easy fixtures right now in these last four, especially for the Gooners and for us. Um, you know, Liverpool, the, Liverpool is going to be a tough game, but I, I've got a feeling in my stomach that we're going to do that one. Um, and um, what is it? Uh, the Gooners, that, that's going to be a cup final, although we can't say cup final, maybe like round of 16. Do you know what I mean? But, um, you know, because we want to get through it. Um, but um, I the, the ones that scare me, the ones that worry me is the Burnley game and the Norwich game. The Burnley game, because they're going to be fighting relegation. We've seen their upturn in fortunes and upturn in form uh, recently with the change in manager. Um, they're a bit of a bogey side for us. They, they play that kind of, they're happy to sit back. They're happy to do two blocks, you know, and, and kind of defending low blocks and stuff like that, which we've found it difficult to break down uh, this season. So that game worries me. And then the Norwich game worries me. Uh, reason being is because it's going to be the last game in the Premiership for them. Uh, they're not going to have much to play for, uh, apart from pride. And when all of the shackles are off, as we saw with Newcastle, when Poch uh, was managing and it came to that last game of the season and Newcastle were relegated, but they ended up beating us 5-1. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. we went in there with the wrong attitude and they just were, were free to express themselves. So the, it's the last two that really worry me for, for us. For the Gooners, um, it's the Leeds, Newcastle. Leeds and Newcastle. Leeds are battling relegation as well. So um, And they're a football inside. So that's going to be a tough game for them. The Newcastle game is going to be a tough game for them because they've, they've had an, up, uh, an, an upturn in, in form and fortune. 
And then um, what was the what was their last game? Uh, Everton, Everton again battling relegation. If they can pull off a result against Chelsea, they're going to go into the Guna game with a bit of confidence and kind of and and with that will and with that fight to get out of the situation that they're in. So it, it's tough for both of us. It really is. Ramon, Liverpool up next to Anfield. How'd you see that one going? Listen. If I see Liverpool performance until today, very scary, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, they really, I would say, it's one of the best teams now in Europe, without a question mark. They're playing with fun. They're playing with massive passion behind there. They're kind of free. There's no pressure. I can see the players. They're really enjoying themselves. And, when the team clicks that way, the way Liverpool plays, it's, it's very, very, very dangerous to play against these guys. The guys want to start, and once you let them the space within five, ten minutes, they're suddenly they're nearly unbeatable, you know. And they proved that against the biggest team in Europe as well, you know, especially the last two, three weeks. Scary. Uh, so, coming back, Spurs is not going to have it's not going to have a very easy path uh, to go to the top four, and nobody says top four in Premier League is an easy path to do because we've got very very competitive teams in the Premier League, you know, especially the top four, you know. So from that point, if you, you I'm going back, if they managing it to go to the top four, I would say they've done unbelievable kind of performance uh, this year at Spurs. But it's going to be super difficult. It needs to be an extra luck. It needs some passion behind. And Liverpool big games. In big games, sometimes some of the Spurs players, they're performing actually sometimes much better. If you see the games, Man City at the beginning of the season beat them. Everybody before the game was already, even Tottenham himself, the website was saying, oh, we're going to lose. And I was actually complaining. Why are you so negative? We have to win against this guy. This is the this is the tower. This is our stadium. Nobody has to come in and win it easily here. And we won on that game. We actually won against these guys twice this season on top of that. So if Conte will prepare against Liverpool, these are the games he needs to tell the players, guys, these are top teams. We beat them twice. We can do it. We can do it also that against Liverpool. And go in without worrying about the top four or what's going to happen. You go in as a player to win the game, the 90 minutes, battle, fight for it, be a unit. And that's what Contes, I think, is very good. He actually prepares them now psychologically over the period of the months very quickly to be a winning formula, to be a unit. Because at the season, beginning of the season, Spurs team was all over the place. They were not a unit, nothing at all. I didn't see a team on the on, on the pitch. Now with Conte, you start to see uh, the fighting, the tacklers coming in. Uh, all of that is because Conte's passion is coming across because he's working on a daily basis with them. He talks with them with passion. And that part is very beneficial from the players' point of view to improve their game. In big plays like Son, and of course Kane, it's been giving a much more freedom to play their game with passion. And that's what we need now in the next four games. That's what I want to see from these players. They go in, whatever happens, they go at least with heart and passion and winning or losing this game. But at least the passion and, and emotions are, are within the game. 
Ramon, historically, um, we haven't done that well at Anfield. What, what was your uh, what, what were your games like at Anfield when you played for Tottenham? Well, I score against them uh, in the same time, but uh, you know, so I have to mention that it's not many times. <laughs> 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 so, um, but yeah, it, it's um, Liverpool. The Anfield is the atmosphere is unbelievable. The fans at Liverpool is just. You know, our player is Celtic as well. And Celtic's, without a doubt, one of the best fans in terms of atmosphere and environment and everything. But Anfield has a very similarity, you know. And it's very kind of hostile uh, as a player to come out the tunnel because Liverpool fans are very passionate and, and, and you feel it, you know. And the same times, I loved it. Because this is what I like, you know. I like the actually motivates me even more to play against such a, an atmosphere, you know. It depends on, the, on, on each player. I, I love it and that was very absolutely spoiling, you know, and and it, it makes you goosebumps before the game, before coming out to the dressing room, you know, really nervous and so on. And these these games are I actually loved it, you know. And Anfield is giving you these, no doubt whatsoever. So at that point, if you're you need players with super characters and super passion to go into that game. Daniel, let's come to you on the Liverpool game um, next weekend because the last time they conceded goals was back uh, against Manchester City away when they drew 2-2. Before that, it was a 2-2 draw against Chelsea back on the 2nd of January. And the last time they actually lost a Premier League game, 28th of December, 1-0 to Leicester. They are some team at the moment, aren't they? They are, but their defence isn't their strong point, right? And our attack is our strong point. So... You know, we can capitalise on that. I think nobody's made the point yet that they've got a huge game coming up on Tuesday night. Mm. All right, yeah, there may be home and dry already, potentially, but it's a semi-final of the Champions League. And often you see, after a massive game like that, it's a case of after the Lord Mayor show. They're so focused on that. I know they've got the running for the, you know, for the title. Of course they have. And they're professional and Klopp will have them focused. But we've got a week's break, a week to prepare for it. They're going to Spain on Tuesday night. They'll be back to early hours of Wednesday. You know, that's going to disrupt their week and the jubilation of presumably winning, getting through to the Champions League final again for the third time in, was it five or six years or whatever it is? You know, that will take its toll on them emotionally. That is draining because they're performing at the, you know, at the top of their game to achieve that. And we could capitalise. You know, maybe I'm clutching the straws a little bit. I don't know. But, you know, they are there, they are there to be beaten. You know, we did it. No one gave us a prayer at the Etihad, right? But we did. We went there. We got all three points in a game where we fought from the first minute and we got that very, very late winner. You know, we've seen character against Leicester. I mean, not today, you know, the game in January. We were losing at 94 minutes and 52 seconds and went on to win. Nobody in the history of the Premier League has ever been losing so late in the game and gone on to win it. So yeah. these players under Conte, I made the point before, Ramon made the point just now, Ricky's made it as well. He's the man to do that, to get them focused, to prepare properly. You never know. You never know. It's a funny old game as somebody wants it. Ricky, um, let's come to you. Of course, on Thursday, the 12th of May, Tottenham v Arsenal, the North London derby. It will be the first ever North London derby at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium where the Arsenal fans will actually be allowed in. Um <laughs> How do you see this one going? And, 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 and give me your favourite North London derby memory. Oh, oh, oh I think that my... my, my Sending oh. somebody off from Arsenal oh. on my games. <laughs> no, no. I remember. I, I, I love remember that, Daniel. 
I, I love Danny Rose's goal, and I love um, Harry Kane's goal when he was wearing the mask and he and he he shot it from the corner, almost almost from the cornerish flag on that side. I'm just sitting the, behind there, by the way, Ricky. Oh, just, bro. Two seconds before it's gonna whack it now. Then the next second he's doing it. Because that puts it, up it, at the top of the table, didn't it? For yeah, a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and like I was just I was losing my mind, mate. I was losing my mind in that game. Um, but you know what? It's going to be a war. It's going to be a battle. Uh, there's there's things on the line for both clubs. I think that we've got it well within us to not only get the result, but to have a good performance and to kind of, you know, put it on them a little bit. And maybe that's that's going to disrupt the the end of their season. Um, you know, we, we we've been doing so well. We've got Romero there that's been doing so well. We've got Kulu. Um, who's been, like we've said earlier, Revelation, Bentoncourt, Hoiberg, who stepped up, you know, um, Davies, Dyer, Dyer. You know, Dyer, people forget Mm. about Dyer a lot because obviously there was a lot of the games that he wasn't so good in last longer in the memory. But, you know, he does set a pace for us. He does start things off a lot of the time. He's got that, that kind of Toby... Um, um, older were the kind of cross-field ball sort of thing as well going on in his game and we, we've got Conte we've got Hugo a World Cup winner we've got Harry we've got Sonny do you know what I mean like we've got a, we've got a side that are that are, that are there for bigger things that are there to kind of achieve the big things in this game and it's going to be a moment for all of those boys to shine for to, for, to put it lay it all out on the field don't let anything, don't let anything, and no regrets. Do you know what I mean? Don't leave anything in the dressing room. You've got to leave it out there on that field. And I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be a stormer. I think it's going to be a battle. I think after them pulling out because of their one COVID case over Christmas, you know, and they ran, uh, you know, they ran real far away from us. I think it's going to be a great return. It's going to be a That's- great return. That's the motivator, isn't it, for our players? They know they bottled it once already. I mean, yeah. from a personal perspective, I'm going on a holiday on Tuesday, and <laughs> I was meant to be coming back Friday of next week, the day after the uh, Arsenal game. But I've changed my flight. I'm coming back on the Wednesday. Um, yes, Daniel. <laughs> my wife flew out uh, on Friday, and um, I stayed for this weekend. Obviously, for the game today, I'm doing the under 23s tomorrow at the stadium. So I'm flying out on Tuesday. So, in fact, she's tuning into this. She's she's watching in Israel. Hi. Um, Hello, so, this is yeah. Wayne. <laughs> and, you know, Ramon mentioned um, going uh, going to church to, you know, to pray for the results. I'm going to the Western Wall. I'll be putting a little note in to make sure that the results go our way. So every little helps, right? Yeah, put the Everywhere. little thing in there, you know? Exactly, the little bit of Come paper. on. I'll tell you, Come the on. thing we all do to support Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, Absolutely. I'll tell you. Um, Ramon, what was it say? like what was it like playing in North London derbies? Ah, listen, mate. This is our. This is uh, very difficult to describe. You have to, and I was very lucky to play many of them. Uh, and and his passion, nervousness before the game, one week beforehand, you already feel it. That you're in London, you go out, you see the Arsenal supporters, the Spurs were really themselves already geared up to that game on Saturday, you know, they're really kind of talking it up. And then you just like, you really start to motivate there, you know, and, and pretty much Spurs fans also scare you off and they work, do not lose that game. This is one of the major 
game not to lose on the season, you know. It's like, yes, we, have, we need to win something end of the season, you know. Maybe you have to lose that. Maybe you're going to win the League Cup, you know. Mm-hmm. But from terms of point of the importance for the North London, it's massive. It's I, I remember at the time, my first one, you know, I, I had with Tony Adams at the time, Ian Wright and all these guys uh, at the time. So I still remember the crazy Ian Wright screaming down the dressing room, you know, calling us, I don't want to say that in the show, <laughs> um, do you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> all the kind of names. I was in the dressing room putting my socks up and then, all silence was in our dressing room. And then, then you hear this in right outside screaming, absolutely like a loony, calling us all kind of names. And they say, uh, oh, my God, this is the guy I have to mark now for the next 90 minutes? Oh, my God. And he was a nightmare. He was talking, 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 <laughs> talking, and calling me God knows Swiss, God knows what, and the mothers are coming involved, and the sisters are coming involved. <laughs> I tell you what, guys, uh, if, if, if I was not ignoring this, uh, I think any other person somehow would punch the guy. Because <laughs> he's a terrific guy, wonderful guy at the same time. You know, he was crazy mad as it is, but a wonderful man as well. And, and I, I was proud to, 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 to mark him, you know. And Tony Adams, obviously, at the back, and Patrick Vieira and, and Emmanuel Petit. We're talking the, the Arsenal in those days, you know. That that was uh, uh, big games and and. and Goosebumps and nervousness was very, 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 very high. Uh, I think a, a day before I couldn't really sleep properly uh, because it was so the heart expectations were so high uh, uh, for that game. It was just uh, enormous, and I enjoyed it. I was very lucky to enjoy that. It's interesting to hear that as a player, you felt that and you weren't able to sleep the night before. Oh, you can't, you can't, Danny. It's just unbelievable. You can't do that. It's just like I think. If I look at the fans' point, if you're fan, I think some of the fans can't sleep either because Definitely. when you're a fan of a club, you're 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 obviously loyal to start with because that's where you're following a, a club, you know, and you you all the heart and everything goes to support that club. So you 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 as a player, you start to feel that support, and you start to feel that passion, and and as a player, you also start to feel the responsibility and the pressure you get because the expectations are very high for every Spurs fan that you win against Arsenal. It's all it's our neighbours. We need to beat them. Simple as that, you know. Um, and that makes you kind of very very nervous and and but lovely nervousness, not a very yes. stressful one, a very not a nice way, you know. You're really excited about it. You want to show them, you know, that you actually. Wear the shirt for these guys. You fight them on behalf of them. They can't do nothing. They understand. They're just going kind to of scream or, or mm-hmm. whatever, moan, whatever it is. But we represent them on the pitch. Uh, and, and that's what today I think some of the players need to really think about it. You're representing the fan on the pitch. And you are lucky to be on the pitch on behalf of some, some of the fans want to be a player, but they can't do it either because they haven't got the talent to start with or they're not capable to be on the pitch, but they are loyal and supporters of us. So we need to understand that as a player. And the quicker you understand as a player, the more you start to be very passionate on the pitch. Whatever happens, if you lose, but you do not lose the passion for the shirt. Brilliant. I mean, Chris, you know as well as I do, and you know, Ricky, there's been some great wins against him down the years. The 5 new in 83, Mark Falco, one of the best goals that was never televised. We've got the club footage that's online, but you know, obviously Gaza and all that in '91, and 
Yeah. Uh, but every win against them is a great one. And um, let's hope there's another one coming up in a couple of weeks. I, t- I tell you who I can't wait to see in that game. Romero. My yeah. God. My God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I don't know what. He was definitely very good because as a Latin American winner, I've watched them see a lot of Latin Americans. The passion of that is very high. Don't forget that over there is sometimes even 100,000 people watching, you know. You know? Yeah. And, and it's absolutely ultra passionate and emotional. And it comes from Italy and, and having Conte in the dressing room and having that passion and nervousness and excitement, it, that, you know, if you have people like Romero, well, it's like a like a kind of virus. You go through the dressing room. That's that's excitement. That's the passion you need to go into it. And I think uh, it's important we have players of that. The more players we have there, the more chance you got you have to, to win on the pitch, the battle. Absolutely. And and I also haven't got a recognised centre forward at the moment. Lacazette can't hit a barn door at the moment. They've been playing it in Ketia, who missed two sitters today as well, right? So. You know, that, that's an area of weakness for them. And I think they're not going to trouble us at the back. I think, guys, I'm going to put a bet in here, Chrissy, Ricky. My my player, Son, will do a hat-trick against Arsenal, mate. Wow. Hat-trick. Finish them off. Only one Spurs player. And finish them off. Absolutely finish them off. Walk out the pitch. And we go straight into the Champions League. That's it. Game over, mate. Come on. Well, that was a very Come different answer to a couple of months ago, Ramon. Well, <laughs> your wife might as well. That's why I want to be positive about it. That's why I'm saying the most difficult thing has to be done first. Hat trick. And I think I think there's only been one Spurs hat trick against Arsenal. You know, has to be done first before he goes to the next level. <laughs> Yeah. Daniel, let's come to you. What what have you made of Arsenal's season? And are you surprised that they are in the position where they are now? Well, I am after the first three games where, yeah. you, know, the, you know, they lost all three, right? But so, you know, I've seen a fair bit of Arsenal over the last few weeks and you know, up front, they're nothing. Genuinely, they are, they are nothing. Jack is turning into a bit of a player. I mean, Ramon would know, obviously, Swiss international, 100 caps to his name, Xhaka. Um, But, you know, Saka, I mean, that boy can play, right? Tremendous character in their team, given what happened to him in the summer. Um, at the back, Benjamin White is turning into a decent centre-half. Um, but there's nothing that can trouble us. There genuinely isn't. You speak, you know, we've all got friends that are Arsenal fans. They are really, really worried about playing us. They only hope that Liverpool beat us and then they can win at Newcastle, uh, home to Leeds, in which, part, in which case it'll be five points clear. Because they are really worried about playing us. Man for man, position for position, we are better than them. Make no doubt about that. Kane, Son up front. You know, there's not one player I can think of in their squad. Okay, the the uh, Japanese kid at right back who was linked with us last summer. But I think he picked Coming up an up. injury. Yeah, that's him. I think he picked up an injury again today and he's just come back. Um, they haven't got a single player that concerns me. Individually, they're good. You know, Smith-Rowe can play a little bit and, you know, Martinelli looks good. But as a team, we are better than them. We really are. Daniel, that's a good point you're saying about the times of the games because, of course, we play next Saturday. They then play on the Sunday. Then it's yeah. the North London derby. Then we play Burnley um, on the Sunday, and then they play Newcastle on the Monday. Do you think there's any? Um, do you, it, it, does it really matter when you play yeah. the game, or do you think it puts more pressure on on Spurs or them? Them going first, absolutely. It's like in a penalty shootout. You want to go first. You want to take that first penalty because you know what you have to do and there's pressure on it. 
if if we win against Liverpool, if we win against Burnley, if we win it, you know, going first is absolutely paramount because the pressure's on them. Okay. Um, Ricky, you mentioned Stephen Bergwijn earlier um, and the lack of game time. Um, in a recent interview, he said here, I honestly don't think so. It's difficult for me. I don't play much. Ajax would certainly be an option. A return to the Netherlands would certainly be an option for me. Are you surprised that he hasn't had much game time lately? I am a little, I am, to tell you the truth, uh, Chris. I, th- I, I, I thought, you know, especially after that Leicester game, I thought, you know, there there was a revitalised spirit within him. Um, I thought that Conte kind of saw him as a bit of a super sub, even if if he was just a super sub. But, you know, he's been getting five minutes, ten minutes at the most. I thought today, again, like I was saying earlier about Lucas, if he's going to start one of them, I would have started Bergy. Do you know what I mean? Younger. Um, he's got a, a, a great strength about him. Not he's also has the dribble, but he has great strength about him. He's got an eye for goal. Can score with both feet. Can pass with both feet. Um, you know, and I think there's a lot more to come from Bergie. Um <clears throat> But again, if he's not showing it in training, or if Conte doesn't feel that he can bring him on or trust him, then I've got to go with Conte right now. Um, if he sees that he's uh, Bergie's head's been turned and he's already looking at playing for Ajax and going back to the Netherlands, then he's not really a player that you can rely on, is he? So it, it, it's, it's swings and roundabouts. But of course, I would have loved him to have more time um, on, on the pitch, even if that's, like I say, um, more time as a super sub. But when we have opportunities to start somebody else, and I think Daniel had a great point earlier about Kulu in the last two games. You know, he, he wasn't up to standard. So, it, 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 or the standards that he set for himself. So, it, if he's not, okay, cool. Let's put him on the bench and let's put somebody else in and give them an opportunity. I thought that person, that the, the, the number one person would have been Bergwin. But of course, like Ramon said earlier, Lucas and his mentality and his contribution and his love for the club, you know, and his passion for the club, Conte sees and he must trust Lucas a bit more. Um, but yeah, I think it's a shame. I think give it two, three seasons, boys. I, I think he'll probably be like, you know, he'll probably go for 50 mil. Do you know what I mean? And be a bit of a world beater. Um, I, I think there's so much in that boy. Um, but it's just a shame that he hasn't been able to find a spot. Not that I would swap him for Sonny or Kuzi. Exactly. That's the point. Or, 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 or Kane. You know, so, you know, I, you can't, you can't, you can't take him out. So it, it's, a, it's just a, a weird time for him. But I, I would have hoped a bit like Sonny, when Son came into the team, um, when we first signed Son, he, the first year or two, he was a bit of a super sub and he was, he was finding it difficult to kind of bed in. And then he just went on another level. I was hoping that the same was going to happen with Bergie, but it's just, I think it's been too long. And um, I think I think his head and his and his heart are elsewhere now. Now, last question for you, Ricky. Let's start with you. Antonio Conte has said that he doesn't want to be at the club to fight for sixth or eighth place. He wants to win trophies at the club. What is realistic in the summer um, for Antonio Conte to take Tottenham Hotspur to the next level? Because of course we've seen how this Spurs side has been transformed just with a couple of signings. Absolutely. And and that's the level of signings that we need. We need Conte and, uh, and Paratici to sit together, to work it out, to find out 
what they need and where they need and the level that they need. I think the biggest thing about Benton Kerr and Kulu is their mentality, where they've come from. Juventus, they're a winning side. Do you know what I mean? They, they, winning is embedded in all of them. Um, as soon as a new player is signed, they, they are scored on how Juventus don't lose. How many uh, titles did they win back-to-back before Inter won it? I think it was like nine, nine back-to-back think, yeah. titles. Yeah. So they, they are, they are a, a, they're a totally different side. They're, a, they're a, 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 a winner within the essence of the word winner. So those players that came from there, they already had that in, in their heads and in their hearts. So when Conte saying, listen, this is what we need, they're like, well, yeah, well, of course, that's standard. And so that's what we need. We need, when we're recruiting, it's not about 80 or 100 million pound players. It's about very clever um, purchases, but the mentality and the will to win is, is the biggest thing that we need. That type of attitude to come in, to know when to shut out a game, to know when to do a bit of the time-wasting tactics or, or even like, you know, a bit of the dark arts where you've got a clipper man before he, he runs into space or something like that. You know, we, we need those level, that type of level. Um, and, and, and we've seen that we can mix it up. It, that doesn't mean that we need 28, 29, 30-year-olds. Look, look at the boys that we brought in. Kulu, he's 21. Uh, Bentacore, what is he, 24, 25? They've got experience. They've got the winning mentality. They've got, uh, you know, skill and technique in abundance. We need to be going along those lines there and make sure that Conte's got the tools so that he can go to work next year. Ramon, you expecting a big summer? Yeah. <laughs> oh, friend, my dear friend, Chris. Well, yeah. where do I start with this? Where well, well start... especially how you said that Son will score a hat-trick in the North London derby. We'll be playing Champions League football next season. So yeah. if we are playing Champions League football next season, surely we need to uh, have some more improvements in this squad. Well, at least we've got 25 million quit to even go to the Champions League, you know. <laughs> some some money comes into it where we can improve, but I don't think so much you can buy with 25 million quid today, unfortunately. Um, nevertheless, I think there's no question mark. I think if his Champions League comes in place, just for this year in terms of how many games we're going to have to play next season, nevertheless, don't forget, we've got the World Cup coming up as well at meet, what, meet slash season we call it in this case you know it's going to be a, a very strange season because the world cup can be in november december so it's a lot of games will come up if you go to the champions league there's no question about you need uh, a strong squad with that in terms of point of view injuries coming into it and you will have because we've got a lot of international players in the squad that most of them either go to play to the world cup we're going to go away for a good month either injuries coming up Etc. So you do really need to have a second replacement in place. So the question mark is uh, how many of them is going to be replaced in the summer or can be replaced as a second choice, we call it, not uh, because one is leaving, as a second choice, because that's what you need. Because if you have a Harry Kane or, or even Song, got to be, then these guys having a, a long injury, three to six months, uh, it will be a big miss. For the, for the for the for the club because to replace these two guys would be very very difficult. So you need to have really cons- uh, consistency in in also recruitment side point of view. Uh, knowing Daniel, 
We're not having five seasons, no transfers to be done now. Suddenly, it's against the wall a little bit because you've got Conte who's moaning in the media. He wants more players and etc. in a different way because I know how the Italian managers are. They're moaning in the media just to get out more players in the transfer period. Um, is he going to go in, involved with this? Uh, he has to. He has to because if you're lucky enough to go into the Champions League uh, and you potentially even go through the group stage, uh, it's a lot of money the club also will receive. Obviously, 25 million quid just to qualify, go to the next stage, me talking close to 50, 60 million quid. Uh, on top, of course, all the other revenue streams that are coming in for the Premier League. That's a lot of money. Uh, so he could actually really spend... Uh, in the summer, something if he goes to Thames. And I think he's, he's looking into that because he has the capacity to spend that because he knows that this season money will come into it with the Champions League. And he can, have, and he can, have, he can actually put four, I would say, up to five players. I don't think so more than five players will be joining mm-hmm. in the summer. And that's already, Re- by the way. Re- remember, we've got five subs in the Premier League next year as well. So yeah. we have we, we have to bolster the squad. So for that it, as well. it, it, there's a combination between a very uh, difficult situation in terms of how the season is going to play because you've got the World Cup coming up. Yeah, got the national team players winning the squad. You need to think the worst case scenario injury. So you need to make sure that you have at least a good young replacement or at least, at least the same level who can replace it. Uh, that's difficult difficult part for it. Uh, from, from Daniel's point of view, if he qualify for Champions League, absolutely a must. And a minimum of four to five players has to join the club. Because otherwise, we'll be in trouble within the mid-season. If okay. any injury is coming in place. A couple of minutes ago, Ricky was saying that a player like Steven Bergwijn, obvious quality, hit the ground running, got his goal against City on his debut, etc. Wants more minutes, may not be satisfied with the amount of game time he's getting, wants to go. And yet, we're talking two minutes later about bringing players in to sit on the bench to cover for Son and Kane and one or two others. It, who'd be a football manager or a chairman? Eh? It's, it's a difficult one. It's a very it difficult one, Daniel. It's a, a very difficult one. But in the same time, there are, there are players that are happy to even join because they know they're going to play potentially Champions League or, or, or potentially going to a winning team. Maybe they're not ready yet to be first team. But they're definitely going to get games during the season, of course, you know. Uh, it's like in football, everything can change. Suddenly, even you have games and you're performing week in, week out after three games, you're suddenly in because the manager can't let you out because you're really performing well, you know. So it's a very difficult one. But at the same time, you need that. You need that squad. Because otherwise, you absolutely uh, will have a struggle. And we had that already this season with Conte when we had yeah. some injuries, we had yeah. some... Uh, you know, he, he really struggled to put a good quality team on the pitch at that time, even with and, young players we had. And next season, in the build-up to the World Cup, it's going to be even worse. You've got 16 Premier League match weeks before they go in the middle of November. They come back on Boxing Day. You've got the European games. You've got the League Cup. That's a lot. It's, it's going to be two games a week. It will. It's going to be a midweek every single week. And, and no, and no know, international breaks. I know, I know for a fact from international playing for Switzerland as well, on the year when you're playing any big tournament, that as a player, you have in your mind this big tournament, you don't want to be injured. So in terms of psychological point of view, when you go into the games, you don't want to be injured. 
So sometimes if the, if the manager say, well, I want to just have a break for that, you're actually saying, I'm happy to have a break now because obviously I, I want to play the whole season. I don't want to sure. get injury. Even you want to play, but obviously from a common sense point of view, you've got three, four, six months later the, the potential World Cup or European Championship to play yeah. for your country, where it's very big for any player. Oh, you don't want to miss that. And I think in these cases, Harry Kane and all the ones as well, we're going to be participating in this Peace World Cup. They will have a psychologically different way of playing. Do you think as a player, with all these games coming up, the 16 match weeks with the game every single midweek in Europe and in the League Cup, etc., injuries are likely to happen because you're playing so many different games? You know, the twain it, of the it's, it's, it's already a big, big debate anyway, Daniel. Yeah. We are playing way much yeah. uh, games as a player point of view. You know, the recovery uh, uh, time is, I think, not as much as supposed to, because it's not just the physical side point of view. You might physically, you might fit because you're all young. I think it's the, the mindset, the traveling side. But if in Europeans, you need to travel, you have to come back. Even us, we're not potentially playing, just traveling to the game, coming back, exhausting us. You're, you're sure. feeling kind of exhausted when you come back, just when you're traveling. Can you imagine the player? Will, 90 minutes physically played yeah. as well. From mindset, psychological point, you lose or you win, it does hit you as well an extra. You know, you're thinking about, oh, what kind of mistake you've done on that on that last night. You can't sleep that night. And so you, the recovery, it takes two to three days. But you suddenly, two days later, you need to be on the pitch again. Yeah. And complete your mindset like that. So it, it, it's a very, 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 very difficult one. And I think some of the calendar within the players has to be discussed in going forward as a, in the future because I think at this point now we're already having too much. Yeah. I just Daniel. think it's going to be even worse because of all these games all because of the World Cup in the middle of the winter because of where it is. It's just ludicrous. Well, Daniel. exactly. It's another... It's a, it's a, it's a, again, it's not the normal straightforward yeah. uh, uh, World Cup we got in June, you know, where everybody's, you know, or from the Europeans' point of view, you call it now here, okay, uh, is uh, it's normal. It's a not normal way of a World Cup uh, because it's suddenly in so, November, yeah. December, yeah. Yeah. where <laughs> we're not, we haven't ever had a World Cup in November, yeah. December, to be honest with you. Um, and, and, and that makes it even more stranger because I think from 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 calendar point of view, from the players' point of view, me mentally you prepare in a different way, and yeah. everybody's worried to be injured. You, you want you want to participate this work. Daniel, I was going to ask in terms of uh, Antonio Conte wanting to compete for trophies. Um, I take that as a Spurs fan, you know, thinking that he's stating that he wants to challenge for the Premier League. How far away do you think that Spurs are from that? <laughs> I think. so. <laughs> I think Spurs need to focus on consistency. You know, I think Daniel, really, in twenty years, I can show. Yeah. I haven't got the matter with me. That's why. I know yeah. a lot of people will probably laugh at it, but no, you know, Antonio Conte. I know it's the proper cup, you know. He has not come to Tottenham, you know. Just, you know, like you said many times, he's not come to Spurs just to finish tip or eighth in the league. He wants to win things. Absolutely, and you know, I think the best way to answer your point is not so much how far off we are from the likes of Man City or Liverpool, who are financially head and shoulders above us anyway. Yeah, it's about you know the games we've already mentioned already tonight: the Brightons, the Brentfords, the Burnleys, Southampton, the Wolves. Those stupid little games that we should be doing more on. You know, we should be picking up points, not not dropping them. If we can focus the mind, and Conte's all about that. You know, again, we've 
spoken about this already tonight. He's the man that can get the players focused. But yeah. next season, it's going to be even harder with these amount of games going into the World Cup. Right, final question. Score prediction for the Liverpool game. Ricky, what are you going for? I'm going 2-1 Spurs, Chris. You know, I will never bet against my team. I'm going 2-1 Spurs. Um, Sonny won, Kane won. Ramon, is this another Hunmin Son hat trick at Anfield? Come on. Come oh. on, Ramon. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I love it. I would love it. I think uh, there's no question for me, one of the best Premier League player, best first player for a long time, one of the best in the world. Um, yeah, I do really hope. I think we're going to win 2 0. <laughs> yeah, you're going for a win as well. No, yeah, I go for it. Let's go, Daniel. Nothing wrong, mate. It's the hope that kills us, right? So, three big game. Listen, quite <laughs> big against big clubs. We always kind of somehow re- get, get a result, you know, Man City. And I just hope Conte just shows them that Man City two games with one. Hmm. It's actually possible. And now Liverpool is on a level of really, uh, no joking, one of the best teams now in Europe to watch and to play against. No question mark, okay? But yes. this is the club where Spurs sometimes really on, on the day comes up with the goods. And and there's no question mark. Son and Harry Kane are as equal as Mo Salah and all these guys. Absolutely oh, yeah. equal, if not better, to be honest with you. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I think Jurgen Klopp knows that from that point of view. The only thing now, I just hope the mind of the players, when they're, they're coming up on Anfield, they have the same attitude. They're actually superior than Liverpool. If they have that, they have a winning chance. Yeah, Ben Davies is going to get on the score sheet. I think Sanchez will come on to defend in the last two minutes. He'll get he'll get the winning goal. Yeah, easy. Strolling the park. Strolling Stanley Park. Hello. I love your confidence. Yeah, man. Come on. What about you, Chris? What are you saying? What's your prediction? Well, I was going to go for a draw, and I thought that that would be a good result for us. But, you know, all three guests going for a, a away win Anfield. I can't believe it. Chrissy, these are the games you have to win. Yeah. It's true. To book yeah. pressure. Now, it's only my psychological game with all these games coming up now. Nothing nothing else, nothing else. And as Stan said, if you go first and you pretty much put the ball in the net and you're winning, you put pressure on Arsenal straight away. And they oh. suddenly slip because we're winning against Liverpool. And I'm telling you what, then we have a chance for the Champions League. But I'm also happy with top five. When no, you is, said ball, Ramon. You can't City go play. back. <laughs> when does City only, play? Only if it's a hat-trick. I'm telling you the mark, it's Arsenal. I told you that now. I, Sorry, I don't know when City play. I was going to say, when do Man City, they're playing on Sunday. I, I, I've just checked. So, again, it's the who's playing first. So, um, you know, they're going to be nervous. Make no, you know, they're, they're already behind City. It's going to be tense for them. It's going to be a big game for us. They know we can play. They'll be scared of Son. They'll be scared of Kane. They know what we've got in the back, uh, at, at the back in terms of, you know, Romero. They know what Kulazewski can do. So they're as scared of us. Yes, they're at home and all that kind of stuff, but they know we can trouble them. They'll be worried. Mm. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys are right. Um, Ricky, thanks so much for joining us uh, oh, this evening. It's been a pleasure having you on again. Chris, I'm asking you, you, what do you think? I, I said a draw. You draw? 
And I think a, a draw would be a good result. Yeah, I, 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 the amount of times I've gone to Anfield and the amount of times I've come back disappointed. And as you know, I travel all over the world to watch Spurs play home and away every match. And, uh, you know, yes, we've been disappointed, you know, so often. Um, I'm just hoping that Antonio Conte just gets us over that line and plays Champions League football because earlier this season, playing Europa Conference League football, you know, is nowhere near the level of where we want to be. And I'm just really hoping, as Ricky said earlier, and I say this on most uh, videos now, you know, I want to hear that Champions League music again. You know, it wasn't long ago that we were in a Champions League final and I just thought that that was just an incredible day up yeah. until the, that penalty decision, obviously. Um, but, you know, we I, definitely I, want to pick back I'll be right, Chris, because I experienced as a player at Champions League, so a uh, game, so it's beautiful nights. Absolutely, I played in a group with Ajax, Real Madrid. You know, uh, this is the gold, gold old days. But not with Tottenham, by the way. It was with the Swiss team, Grasshopper Zurich in those days, my friend. We enjoyed Champions League nights, and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. You know, uh, and it's it's it. it there are very good nights, and I think Spurs can pretty much hopefully do that for next season because we had a great experience going all the way to the finals. Ramon, Ramon, you seem quite surprised that I went for a draw away at Liverpool. Yes, mate. Absolutely. Absolutely, mate. I, I thought you were more positive. Well, I hope. I really do. I really do hope that we get the result. Normally, it's me the one I'm a little bit more negative about it. I'm not, not qualifying for, you know, you know they reserve, they Swiss cheese, way of doing it. You know, and that is you, the one. I actually... Uh, I thought you were more positive. You got all the games. I see you going, you know, pretty much all of them, you know. Be passionately about it. It's nice. Chris, you do that, you know. Thank you for that, by the way. And, and uh, but yeah, a draw? No, my friend, you just disappoint me. Absolutely. Well, just hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully really I'm wrong. I really, I really do hope I'm wrong, Ramon, just for you. Um, Ramon, thanks so much for joining us this evening. <laughs> <laughs> and tell everyone where they can find you and what you're up to at the moment. But me? Yeah. Are you asking me? Well, pretty much just to recover from COVID. I've had two and a half weeks, three weeks in COVID, you know. With the whole household was pretty much in COVID. Even my wife uh, had it. Um, and we just recovering about a week now. She's still okay now, uh, to be honest. Yeah, but the first time I had it, the last uh, two years. Um, but uh, I cheer her up because I went to the opera to see uh, Placido Domingo after she was getting better. And Placido Domingo is actually the main man introduced me to my wife. Oh, wow. At, at a Ballon d'Or in FIFA. So it was a wow. good, good uh, so I thought, okay, when you're back off the COVID and um, you're not feeling, or you're feeling better, I want to make you even feel better. And a beautiful, beautiful best uh, opera house, absolutely stunning. They just stand it up on top of that. And it was coincidentally that Placido Domingo was actually uh, singing here the last few weeks. And went there and I took my wife. She was absolutely over the moon. Oh, and I got some great credit now. Fantastic. <laughs> I must just say, I must just say, his name drops go to say that Placido Domingo introduced you to your wife. I mean, that's brilliant. Well, oh, no, 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 well, Daniel, it's unbelievable. Well, it's like, wow, he's here. You know, we've not been seeing us for, for years now, of course, because he's traveling all around the globe to, to sing, you know. But he's coming quite a lot to Budapest. My wife is coming hungry, uh, Budapest. Um, and, and he just came here. And we knew that months ago. And where we had the COVID, we thought, oh, my God, we're well, not going to go it. You're not going to go into uh, to the opera. And then uh, we got better. And then uh, I was lucky to take my wife and 
Sweet. Nicely done. Very nice. Ramon, you're always full of great stories. So thanks so much for coming on again. And Ricky, thanks so much for coming on this evening. Thank you, brother. Always an honour and a pleasure. It was great to be on with uh, Mr. Vega and Mr. Wynn. My dad sends his love, Ramon. He says to send you love. Um, he loves watching you. Give me five to you, dad, so, my uh... friend. Give me five. <laughs> and and it's, it's, been, it's, been, it's been a great show. Uh, but Ramon, you've got to get Elon Musk to buy the club at some point. I saw that. Uh, listen. Mate, Make it happen, brother. Make it I happen. Try, I try my best chutzpah of everything to get this guy convincing. <laughs> convince the wine. You know, if you can pay if you can pay forty-four billion for Twitter, goodness me, couple of three billion or something like that, it's nothing for him, you know. Frankly but, saying, but, you know. But 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 come on, come on, Raman. It sounds so good. Tottenham Hotspur at the Tesla Stadium. Oh, I mean, mate. come on, come on. I tell you what, we we, we arrived with all the electro cast the car yeah. parts you know all eco-friendly all of that happening there you know so yeah listen don't worry i'm working on it mate <laughs> no but listen it's been great to be on again chris you know thanks for having me on love it as always and don't forget i know you're gonna go around to daniel but don't forget to let the people know about who you're running for when you're running so that everybody that's watching tonight can support you all right. Thank you, Rick. Yes, I'll, I'll be doing a, a 10K run tomorrow. I'm also doing the London Marathon in October for prostate cancer. So if you would like to donate, all of the details will be below. So thank you so much for all of your support. And uh, Daniel, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I know I've tried thank to you. get you on this channel uh, for a number of months now and uh, so glad to finally have you on. Um, tell everyone where they can find you on social media and, uh, and what you're up to. Thank you all. It's been an absolute pleasure being on. Chris chatting with you, Ricky and Ramon as well. Um, thank you so much for having me. In terms of social media on Twitter, I'm at Daniel Wynn underscore. I'm always happy to chat. And in terms of 10K in marathons, I'm not doing a 10K tomorrow. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not doing the marathon either later on in the year, but I'm happy to help and support you. So, But listen, thank you to everybody for watching and thank you for having me. Look forward to coming back again if I'm asked. Thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely, Daniel. Yeah, it'd be a pleasure having you back. Um, thanks so much for watching, everybody. And uh, let's hope that Ricky, Ramon and Daniel are right. And we do get those three, those three points at Anfield next weekend and uh, get Champions League football at the end of the season. Wouldn't that be nice? Thanks for watching and thanks for listening. And I'll see you on the next one. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Come on. Come on. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets you, and we're here for you, and all the ones who get it done with a wide range of safety products and solutions, plus board-certified safety consultants here to answer your questions. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, 
we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.